I studied environmental science in Colorado, uh, University of Denver, and at the time, being a kid in college, not really knowing why, as most of us in college do. Um, and then ever since then, doing freelance stories, like I said, you know, shooting for national and international NGOs, and primarily stories on the environment. And then after just a beautiful turn of events in choreography, I met um, a gentleman called Dr. Zach Bush, who is triple board certified in endocrinology, um, hospice and palliative care, um, and just a really brilliant mind that was connecting uh, human health to soil health. And he had done a ton of cancer research, and he basically put a control group together of a certain group of patients um, dealing with cancer and put them on a high alkaline diet and they all got even more sick. And so he and his team basically were like, There's, there really is something in our food. We have to understand what's going on in our food system. And <clears throat> there's plenty of pesticides. It's really horrifying, like the, unfortunately, um, the array of chemicals that we're dealing with, not only in our food system, but in our water system and now consequently in our air, you know, all the things that we, clean our, our table with, et cetera. Um, and he spoke specifically to glyphosate, which is the, the main uh, ingredient in Roundup. Mm -hmm. And much of nature basically has these like fat soluble um, ability to absorb toxins, like not only for the soil, but consequently for us. And what is so terrifying about glyphosate is that it's water soluble. And so it ends up in our, in our waterways, it ends up in our rivers, it ends up in our food system, it ends up in our rain. There's a tremendous amount of glyphosate in our rain, which is just horrifying to think about. And what it does is it essentially breaks open this gut lining, um, which is this just cell layer thick lining outside of our microbiome. And in so doing, that creates inflammation. And as we're all learning in science and medicine, that so much of these diseases, which we are number one in, and being one of the most, if not you know, the biggest in the in the developed world, number one in diabetes and cancer and autism and Parkinson's and ADD, um, it just it goes on and on. And it's just we've got to start paying attention to you know this this correlation and recognizing how this. You know these elusive chemicals are are affecting us, affecting our. I mean everything, soil and water and air quality and human health. And so, coming to this, I was just like, this is this is everything. And 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 really addressing not only soil health but human health, um, climate disruption, um, the cleaning of our waterways, the cleaning of our air. And you know going back to the here in Oklahoma community, this is neighbor helping neighbor and getting in touch with our farmers we're so disconnected as consumers from our farmers knowing who our farmers are um building demand because ultimately the consumers are driving the bus towards demands there's only six percent demand of even organic food in this country which mm -hmm. is kind of amazing and monsanto now bear monsanto at the time said if, if that needle was pushed to even 13 percent that would affect us financially and so, you know, it's up, it's, it's up to us really to create the education and the importance of, of why this matters, why soil health matters, why empowering our farmers matter, um, and ultimately creating healthy food for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So my dad lives in Iowa, and he lives close to the, one, one of the Monsanto plants. Mm. And 
I was on the phone with him and he was in line at the pharmacy to get some medication for a stomach issue that he had. And he said that there was, he was chatting with the people in line with him before I called and two other men in the line were getting the same medication for the same thing. Mm. And I just said, are we connecting the dots here? I mean, let's see where you are. Mm -hmm. They eat all meat all the time. And that's all they grow there is corn, Mm -hmm. corn and meat. Yeah. And it's all. Yeah. Well, and also now some people may not be aware, but Bear bought out Monsanto. Monsanto sold to Bear, which I th- I think for like $6.6 billion, which is not a lot of money for a company that owns 80% of the global food chain. Mm-hmm. And why on earth is a company that, take out, that took out essentially all the nutrients within plants sold to a German company that sells medicine? You know, I mean that, and to me, that's an issue of homeland security. Mm-hmm. That truly is an issue of homeland security. And so, um, this is an effort really to to bring this home and create again hyper local uh, food sovereignty and relationship to farmers and building mm-hmm. out small markets and and bringing it all home. Mm-hmm. We yeah. need to get back to some healthy soil, healthy soils, starting with the little farmers and. Yeah. Or whoever, whoever yeah. will do it, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, but like 70% of of the food that we eat outside of meat are grown by small-scale farmers, five acres or less, you know? And we in Oklahoma, with, you know, more land than people, we're in a, in a position to where we could actually make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think, it's, is it the farmer's markets that most people connect with those these type of farmers, or is it more... I mean, I know that there's co-ops that people Mm -hmm. do as well. So what do you say if someone's listening going, oh, my gosh, I really want to make a difference. I want to start connecting and start supporting these small farmers. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, So we're working closely with the uh, Conservation Commission, the Conservation Districts, the Noble Foundation. um, And then there's, I mean, there's Paseo Farmers Markets. There's the Conscious Community Co-op, which is just amazing. It's I'm Mm -hmm. sure they're close by to you. They've been around Mm -hmm. Um, several years now and fought tooth and nail essentially to create more than just a farmer's market because they, you know, I think the Department of Ag said, well, what are you? You're not a farmer's market, a weekend farmer's market, and you're not a grocery store. And so they really carved out this seven-day-a-week market co-op for farmers. Um, Plenty of farmer's markets to go to. Um, We are, that's part of our effort with Regenerate Oklahoma is to create media education as well as connectivity to farmers. That's what's one of our goals is to, if someone can put in a zip code, they can know exactly where they can find their local beef producer or find okra or find, you know, tomatoes or pecans, whatever can be close by. Um, So we're working on on essentially being that network to to folks that can find farmers close to them. Um, There's so many Facebook pages. Um, Riziki Farms is amazing. I mean, Focus Farms, which is close by here in between Edmund and Guthrie. Um, Looney Farms. I mean, there's there's really a handful of folks, and we're working on getting that all up on our website. So nice. Yeah. I appreciate that connection because yeah, sometimes you just feel like, oh my gosh, I just have to run into Walmart. I know. Well, that's and it's kind of what we're up against, right? Is this culture of convenience, and and we're all going to have to get just a little bit more uncomfortable to make a, a further drive, and and to know, you know, how do I how do I support my farmer and and 
take care of these local small markets. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's also Vision Farms here um, in Guthrie. They're doing the same thing, and they're very, oh, cool. very generous to help uh, the homeless shelters or you know other businesses, not businesses, other nonprofits, and to help giving mm-hmm. um, healthy food to yeah. these people because it's not cheap, no, unfortunately. I know. Well, it's, it's because there's not enough ground, yeah, right? That's the issue, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we've got we've got to be growing more and urban communities. We've been in contact with these urban developers, um, multiple conversations. Patrick Myers and Brandon Lodge, who are building the Ice House project. Yeah, I don't know if you, yeah, mm-hmm. really great guys. And and Patrick himself is actually a dairy farmer. He and his partner are out in Cushing, and they like most dairy farms are just really really struggling. So what they're building in the Ice House project is a creamery, uh, and. A bar and a taco stand and it's all built around kind of this c-shape and they want to build out a whole edible landscape and put it in a 50-foot greenhouse um, and we're talking about port- partnering up with them and, and helping them with soil health consulting and doing a bunch of marketing and teaching folks um, you know why soil health matters why you should be growing your own food here's how um, they've got a great event space so there's no reason why developers in every town and rural area can't create through the development and you know as people renovate small historic buildings as easily could happen here in Oklahoma Avenue right like what are the local farms that could cultivate and come together and and build just another co-op in every rural community that's really important to me too is is creating an arm into these rural towns because it's food sovereignty it's also economic reclamation it's um you know the whole the list goes on and on in terms of why it matters yeah well when you start pushing that needle it starts affecting everything Mm -hmm. you know it starts helping more farmers which start helping more communities which start helping the families and then the um prices go down on the organic food i mean it's secular yeah so it's just taking that one little step to look up what's around you what local farmer who's doing things right that you can go out there and support. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Yeah, and just thinking holistically, you're exactly right. You take one thing and you recognize that it's just deeply rooted and connected to everything else. And so it's it really is a mindset. I mean, it is a matter of like shifting culture. Yes. Um, and that's what I've learned, I mean, is in navigating the space in the regenerative movement over the last several years. I mean, there's tremendous amount of soil health consultants and state agencies and, and foundations like Noble that are teaching producers and doing a lot of farmer-to-farmer mentorship. But there's a massive gap in between farmers and consumers. And so, um, you know, there's there's so many creative ways that companies can get behind it. And like I said, developers literally building out um, the reflection of an edible landscape and why soil health matters. Yeah. Mm. So will you again give us your, um, is it the regenerative farming? Is that where people would go to find these connections to you or to be more of your personal website? Uh, regenerate Oklahoma dot us. Yeah. So it's okay. called regenerate Oklahoma. And if, if folks go to regenerate Oklahoma dot us, they can find out more. Um, we're building by the day, by the week, bringing more folks in and, and building out our structure. So the best is to sign up to our newsletter and we'll, we'll continue to update folks throughout the state. Okay. If you enjoyed this snippet of good, stay tuned for the entire conversation around good episode that drops on Friday. Don't forget to like, share, tag, and to give a podcast review. 
Shout out to our sponsor, Strategic Hype, and her word branding genius, Hype Kids, and Plenty Mercantile's local sustainable lifestyle stores. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss inspiring stories of good. Now, get out there and do good.